Hello and welcome to Splattered Shatter, where October never dies. I am Mr. Craigers. And I am Miss Melmore. And we are your hosts, and this is episode 21, the second installment in our month-long series on Skyrim Queens. Mm. In honor of Women's History Month for March. And tonight, we are taking a look at some of the reigning Scream Queens of the 1990s. Working our way back. Pacific, we are, yes, we're working our way back. Started in the 2010s. We're going to gloss over the, the 2000s. There's honestly just way too many of them to talk, talk about from the 2000s. Um, but the 90s gives us two clear front runners to talk about and possibly touch on one or two others. And that is um, Nev Campbell and Debbie Rochon for the oh, yeah. 90s. Yeah. So we will dive right in. Miss Melmoy, who would you like to start with? Um, <clears throat> let's start. I guess we can start with Nev Campbell since Debbie Rochon is like the big scream queen of the 90s. We'll, we'll start lower and work our way up and then um, throw like in some it. honorable mentions in there. All right. So dear old Nev... Neve, Nev, Nev. No, I say Neve. I say, I say Neve, and I get corrected. I don't know. I don't know. I, I, don't, I, I feel I've like only I ever what, seen that word know. written. <laughs> I don't know if it's ever like clarified. Um, but anyway, Nev Campbell um, is a, a Canadian well, both actress. These, both of these women are Canadian, actually. Yeah, she was born in Ontario. Um, the her mother is a yoga instructor. And her father, um, uh, who actually immigrated to Canada from Scotland, um, taught high school drama. Mm-hmm. So that was obviously an introduction to the world of uh, theater for her. Um, she has three older brothers. Um, her parents divorced when she was pretty young. Um, her mom was from uh, Amsterdam. Both her parents were. Yeah, both her parents. Canada. She's so worldly. Mm-hmm. So worldly. Um, she studied ballet when she was younger, um, and was in a couple, a couple performances, um, or, or a couple ballets, and then she sort of moved on into more traditional theater and musicals and stuff or whatever, and then got her start in show business, as it were, in a Coca-Cola commercial. Um, <laughs> And then guest appearances on <coughs> 90s television shows, including the uh, Nickelodeon kids horror anthology, Are You Afraid of the Dark? Oh, yeah. Yes. And then her first, um, well, she was on Party of Five, too, on TV, which got her a lot of attention, um, obviously, if um, people definitely knew her from that. But in terms of film, her first uh, big break once again, as with many, many, many actors, was in horror, and that was in 1996's The Craft. Yes. Um, Which is a... Yeah, it's a witch (laughs) horror movie um, about these four um, 
teenage It's the girls. Covenant, but with females. It's the Covenant. Yeah, but with but with girls, basically. And spells and things going wrong and, you know, sex and drinking and spells. The aforementioned craft. <clears throat> well, the craft, as it were. Um, good movie. Hmm. You know, it's fun. It's fun. Um, I think it's on Netflix right now, actually. It is. If, on a, well, I, it's, is it, it's on Canadian Netflix. I think it's on, I think I just saw it scrolling through the other night, and I was like, oh, the craft. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I'd say, you know, fairly, fairly average movie. Um, not, have, nothing special when it comes to witch-based horror. Yeah, it's interesting, but, um, um I guess the point it came out in the 90s because it was right before Buffy started this whole reignited the craze with the supernatural horror and like which led to um, Charmed and yeah. and that sort of thing. So it was kind of a little bit ahead of its time in that way because um, yeah. Buffy came out in 97, I believe, is when the, it first started. Definitely. And I think Buffy, um, not only like sort of that supernatural teen thing or whatever, but just the idea of like just the playing with gender politics and the, mm. and the subtext, including that in a supernatural story, like that's definitely present in the craft. Which um, is interesting because I wrote a paper uh, freshman year of college for my film class about um, the 90s white male crisis, TM. Um, which was basically this surge of, um, you know, women, you know, had entered the workplace in higher statistical numbers than they ever had before. And it was freaking these men out because suddenly, you know, the traditional gender roles of the stay at home mom or the traditional like female, um, careers like a, a, as a secretary or an assistant or what have you were disappearing and they were feeling encroached upon so you had these movies like Fight Club and um, Shaun of the Dead mm -hmm. and even something like Beauty and the Beast where um, it you know played with this idea that you know the macho um, traditional male was something that was disappearing um, which is I think you know, and it's great because, you know, you see it in the craft and in Buffy and in stuff that follows. It's, you know, in these horror things, um, you know, women kind of being back on the rise. Because she plays a very different type of scream queen that we see later when we get to scream than you see in the 80s and 70s when the scream queen was first burgeoned into existence. But yeah, like the craft is a great way to kind of start that for because kind of the motif of her career was <clears throat> empowering 90s yeah. characters. Mm -hmm. Definitely. Um, yeah, and she was good. The whole, you know, she was, um, uh, she was, she's competent, you know, they all were. Oh my God, she voiced like, Kiara in Lion King 2, Simba's Pride. I love The Lion King 2, Simba's Pride, I didn't know she way. was the voice of Kiara. Now I have to go rewatch it. And listen. <laughs> and truly and listen. listen. <laughs> it's a new lens, <clears throat> as it were. That has nothing to yeah. do with horror. Yeah, so the craft. Very, um... Uh, very 90s. But, mm -hmm. you know. Um, and then that same year, she also played, for the first time, 
um, her now iconic role of Sydney Prescott in the first screen. was a huge success and got her a lot of attention and critical praise. And, um, uh, she won a couple of awards, you know, the Saturn award. And that was obviously over the course of several years, followed by, um, sequels, you know, she finished out the franchise, uh, playing, uh, playing the same role. Um, and that is, um, really all she's, sort of touched in in horror um and then uh she's she's done some you know different things here and there tv and um she was on mad men and house of cards and and this and that um but really what most people obviously know her from is scream and that's fair i would say um because that's how she earned her screen queen moniker. Yeah. Um, and she played that character yeah. off and on until 2011 was her most recent foray into, uh, right. Into that world. For screen. Yeah. And for as much as, um, Debbie Rashawn, I think was the screen queen of the decade for the nineties, the character, of Sydney Prescott. Hmm. I feel like that character was the scream queen of the nineties. Yeah, Even she, if Debbie Rashawn was the actress yeah. of, you know, of the nineties. Yeah. Debbie you know Rashawn, I mean? as you'll see when we get there, has done like a fuck ton of horror films. Yes, um, all the trauma films ever. But, but um, um, yeah, I mean, Sydney Prescott, it was, because it was like, so the, the, you know, so going back to then, like, what's what's going on in the world when Scream comes out is, um, horror isn't really a theatrical thing anymore, like, you had Leprechaun, and Leprechaun 2, and then after that, it's kind of a lot of direct-to-video sequels for things that have been out since the 80s, and what have you, so Scream was one of the first kind of bigger horror releases in a while in the theaters, <clears throat> and it started this whole trend of the 90s version of the the teen slasher, which was basically, like, getting very meta with it, its own. Like, this is mm-hmm. a movie that um, knows it's, you know, it's, it knows it. For anyone who's looked at a horror movie and said, oh, my God, don't go in there. Like, what the fuck's the matter with you? Like, this is it. Like, this is, these are people who are like, we're in a fucking horror movie and this is stupid. Um, and react appropriately and Sydney's character is kind of um really interesting because she doesn't directly like she doesn't buy into that crap for a while I feel like she doesn't directly like engage with the fact that she's in a horror film she's just like this is stupid and because uh, she she has this little line at one point where she's like yeah like I don't want to watch a movie where some like dumb blonde girl is running up the stairs and she should be running out the door and then she proceeds to do just that like 20 seconds later when she gets um right (laughs) chased herself but um yeah she's like very much like a survival character um whereas you know the people around her are kind of like okay if the kill if this is a sequel that means the killer's doing this or if it's a the conclusion to a trilogy that means the killer is probably this person whereas she's just like i'm just i'm just i'm just trying to just trying to live my life um She's a hard ass. She becomes quite the hard ass by uh, Scream. Yeah. Scream 2 or Scream 3. Yeah. 
Definitely. Yeah. Because, you know, she's like Sydney, the character of Sydney, definitely like, you know, the, the granddaughter and the successor to those peak scream queens from the mm. 80s. The um, Laurie Strodes and the Nancy Thompsons. Yeah. Um, uh, you know, and stuff or whatever. Like she's, and, and that's a whole, that's a whole part of like the setup of Scream, right? Or whatever. There are yeah. these archetypes at first. And these you stereotypes. See, yeah, and like at the, toward the climax of the first one, they're watching Halloween. Um, and you've got, um, What's his face? Randy. Randy. I was like, Rodney? No, that's not right. Different movie. (laughs) Um, Randy, you know, is commentating the entire time and he's talking about Jamie Lee Curtis as the final girl um, and Mm -hmm. kind of what you have to do to be the final girl and survive a horror movie. Meanwhile, it's juxtaposed right after that with uh, Sydney doing the exact opposite of all those things, like having sex with her boyfriend and all these other things, like right upstairs. Um, Mm Mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean, it's just, it's, yeah, she very much is like the, you know, you know, it's like Scream Queen Next Generation or Final Girl Next Generation. Um, And it's fun because you get to see, you know, this character evolve over three films where it's like, all right, she's in college now. All right, she's out of college. She's put up with some bullshit. And then we jump way ahead into the future in Scream 4 (laughs) where she is a published author. Mm-hmm. A really, really interesting to see the Sydney of Scream 4, um, especially because of so much of, like, the thematic elements of the film. The old generation versus the new. Mm. Um, the, you know, these these incoming kids who have grown up in the world of remakes and stuff or whatever. And it's like, okay, oh, okay, who's our final girl now? Who's our Scream Queen now? Yeah. Um, and um, if you've seen Scream 4, you know that you get a very clear answer to that. At the, the original. One of the greatest of the lines, film. I think, in anything ever. Did you see what I did there? A very clear answer. Yeah. <laughs> clear. 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 Um, clear. Clear. Yeah. So... And um, I'm really, really glad that um, um, Nev Campbell um, was willing to return to that role mm, yeah. uh, so many times because she, she like there, there's a reason she blew up in the 90s and why she is so, so beloved in the horror community for her, herself and for playing Sydney. And it's because who else could have done it? The way she, you know, she, she put it and she sort of encapsulated, um, the, the nineties, you know, scream queen in a way. Yeah. And, um, you know, if you look at things like, I know what you did last summer, you know, and the way those characters are there, like a lot of things like get pulled from scream and her, her portrayal of Sydney and, um, just that idea of being self-aware, being, you know, part of a a generation that knows that, you know, society is changing, taboos are different, Um, you know, we couldn't get away with the fact that, you know, we're, oh, we're going to be punishing these kids for doing drugs and drinking and alcohol because it's the 90s. Um, Yeah. Or has, um, uh, oh my God, why can I not remember anybody's name? 
as her boyfriend um, says, Billy, Billy, God, oh my God. I watch these movies like once a month. You'd think I'd um, (laughs) retain something. Um, As Billy says at one point, he's like, it's the millennium. Motive is, is incidental. Or does he say that or does Randy say that? They both make a point at one point to say yeah, that they both make doesn't matter. Um, and then point out that they are not trying to teach any lessons. They're just trying to create havoc in the world, um, which is right. interesting leading up into the 90s decade in the early 2000s as well. Totally. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. It is very interesting because all these things like were changing and the perception of horror specifically slashers in the 90s and stuff or whatever um and nev campbell and the character of sydney prescott was such a big part of that but it's also kind of funny because i feel like nev campbell was sort of the last screen queen um at least at the moment whose rise to that sort of title was very traditional yeah Right, she earned it for playing the same character in a slasher franchise. Yeah, slasher um, movies, which is like how most of the '80s screen queens got their 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 title and stuff or whatever. And Nev Campbell did it, and she was sort of the last one who, like, the slasher was a gateway for that, um, partially because. Um, the just the movement of horror in the early 2000s and there wasn't a lot of focus on slashers anymore but um yeah it's it's interesting that she was kind of the last in that sort of traditional category even though she was out of the traditional she's a like a nice little sort of bridge between the traditional final girl and then what you see coming into the early 2000s and the 210s or whatever you want to call them where you've got these women playing horror roles in all sorts of different you know like we mentioned with Chloe Grace Moritz who's like the remake um Scream Queen and then Abigail Breslin playing like basically every subgenre of horror at one point so far um yeah <laughs> so yeah well is- yeah and then like yeah and like like yeah and then those Scream Queens of like the early 2000s like look at like People like Catherine Isabel, who um, jumped all across the genres for her horror career, like, you know, doing creature features like Ginger Snaps and then mm. doing maybe a, like a slasher here and there, then doing vampire movies and yeah. then something like American Mary and stuff or whatever. Like, it, the path became very different. And um, yeah. I think a lot of people owe that to... Nev Campbell. Yeah, and I think the only reason, honestly, Scream lasted for as long as it did, because, you know, you had, I know what you did last summer and that sort of thing, but the reason that it worked is so late, you know, if you look at slashers, which started in, you know, the 70s into the 80s, you know, and this was kind of the last of the slasher films in the mid-90s, and I think the only reason that the public was still willing to accept a slasher film is because it was picking apart the genre. Um mm-hmm. And kind of reinventing it and giving you a way to reinvent it because it said, okay, here's the parts, um, you know, and have fun with it. And that's basically what I know what you did last summer did. It picked it up and said, all right, like we can do this too. Um, I don't think I know what you did last summer is nearly as good as Scream, but it's still pretty fun. Um, And there's another Scream Queen in that that, um, we'll get to in a bit. 
but yeah. Well, do, do you want to just talk about her real now? Yeah, we can do her quick real now quick since you before we mentioned go to, we go to Debbie Rochon. Mentioned, I know you did last summer a couple times. Yeah, yeah. Um, definitely reckoned as a screen queen, like by the media and stuff or whatever, for her um, her roles in in those movies. Um, uh, Sarah Michelle Gellar. Um, and Sarah Michelle Gellar, um, who was in the first one. She was only in the first one, yeah. Yeah, not the rest of them, right? Yeah, no. she. I think she died she in died. the first one. Yeah, yeah. And then I'm trying to remember if Jennifer Love Hewitt is in all of the I Know What You Did Last Summer. Or I if she's ever just... saw... Um, I know she's in that one, the first one, and the second one, I still know what you did last summer. I, and then we go into I'll Always Know What You Did Last Summer. I'll Always Know What You Did Last Summer, which that one was like within the last couple of years. I don't think anybody of any importance was in that. Yeah. Um, but that was made like much, much, much later. But... um. So she's in she's in the first two of the of of the trilogy, um, and uh, um, very interesting because it's also written by Kevin Williamson, hmm. uh, like Scream, and um, uh, a lot of similar elements, um, uh, the archetypes, and kind of like post slasher. It was it was like it was sort of like that transition step I feel like um, for people in horror like after New Nightmare which, which is starting everybody meta but before Scream you had I Know What You Did Last Summer yeah <laughs> um, and yeah, yeah the man with the hook for the hand um, yeah because it kind of gets on that urban legends train a little bit too train, yeah, and I feel yeah, so. Um, yeah, I have no problem like allowing or calling Jennifer Love Hewitt a uh, a screen queen for her role in these movies. Um, but she, I don't. She's not. Um, she is. A, if there is a pantheon, she is like a demigod. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't think she made a huge. Huge mark, necessarily. Well, yeah, um, and that's the same thing, too. People sometimes um, assign to Sarah Michelle Gellar, who was in Scream 2, in I Know What You Did Last Summer, and did Buffy, where it's like, she didn't do too much horror, but she did enough small, iconic things that um, people kind of know her for specific stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, and Sarah Michelle Gellar, I'm more comfortable sort of talking about her contributions she had this weird like thing uh, you know where she was like always in like the second parts of things yeah. i feel like um or, like was the second person to die in something yeah yeah so she's in i know what you did last summer she was in scream 2 um in the early 2000s she was in the grudge franchise yeah um, i think she's grudge and the grudge 2 i don't i think she stopped after that um, and I think she, she did a couple in, if you other, want to count Scooby-Doo, she's in that. Scooby-Doo, we could count, uh, <laughs> we could count her in that and, and, and stuff. Um, so yeah, so she did, I don't know, for some, for some reason I, 
and more willing she is to talk someone about that her. you I yeah. think everyone is going to assign to some kind of gothic or supernatural genre just because of you know her 1997 to like what 2003 stint um on Buffy yeah um and maybe everyone it's just because of yeah. Of Buffy. Everyone just knows you know, her that's, as Buffy, so. Everyone just knows her, and that's why they think of her as, I don't know, maybe fitting in or being welcomed a bit more in yeah. the horror Like, if, she's a, if I go into a horror movie and she's in it, I think to myself, of course. <sighs> yeah. Yeah. So, um. Yeah. Yeah, so we got those ladies. But then the other um, Scream Queen that we definitely want to talk about. One. For the um for the nineteen nineties is Debbie Rochon. Woo. Woo The Scream Queen of the nineties, according to many. Yes. Yeah. Much as Nev Campbell left a huge mark and gave us Sydney Prescott, if there was a Scream Queen of the nineties, it was Debbie Rochon. Yeah. She was named um by a couple different outlets as well as the like crowning scream queen of the 90s um oh yeah and definitely and a lot of definitely. people who are horror fans if you talk to them about the 90s and scream queens it's debbie Rashawn who yeah i mean she's she gets mentioned in the top five top three scream queens all the time and stuff or whatever like with jamie lee curtis um with danielle harris you know She's definitely in a very interesting backstory as well for her personally. Um, She is definitely a super rags to riches um, story as well. (coughs) Also Canadian. Um, I'm not sure. She She grew up in foster care. Yeah, she wasn't. I don't think she was born in Vancouver, um, but she grew up in foster care and ran away to Vancouver while still being within foster care. Um, and was homeless as a teenager. Um, and she was like, she still has a scar on her arm from when she was robbed by a homeless man when she was living on the streets of Vancouver. Um, and basically in the 90s started attending open casting calls, um, you know, just to just to see what was going on. And she mm-hmm. was making some money. Um, she got cast as extras in some things. Um, at this point, she's like 17 or 18 and moves to New York City and starts doing some theater and starts getting reviews in um, magazines for theater that she's doing and then moved into um, movies kind of in the late 80s and, and early 90s. Um, I'm not sure what her yeah. first film was. Um, Slime City. Slime City. Um, and then at, from that point on, she does basically all like these indie horror films and like weird experimental. Yeah, shit. she became like the poster girl for uh, Trauma Entertainment. Yeah, which is a horror company, horror production company who they their whole thing is that they basically take rework elements from uh, 1950s horror, but with like. Um, with a like a farcical spin now, and they're usually really weird and really gross, and um, but uh, a lot of people love them and um, like for B horror movies that are like actually worth watching. Like you would watch a trauma entertainment movie, and she uh, appeared in a lot of uh, the really, I guess, well known ones for that it's hard to say well known because like most normal people have no idea 
but yeah, basically any, anything but, she was in um, is probably not something anyone who watches mainstream horror has ever heard of. Yeah. Def- um, oh, definitely not. Definitely. Because they're all these like crazy, like if you're ever like really drunk one night or just really want some entertainment while you've got your popcorn in your hand and it's a Friday night, like just sit down and watch some of these. <laughs> Yeah. Um, I like Tromeo and Juliet. Tromeo and Juliet. Um, there's Santa Claus. You can guess the. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I mean, she's been in so many. I've, I've, I probably haven't even seen half of her movies. Dahmer versus Casey. Um, but you know, she's, and she's kind, of, and she's, she's sort of one of those people who. She's a she's a screen queen and she's really beloved in the horror community. Not even necessarily because she was in all these like '90s trauma movies, but just because like she sort of embraced the world yeah. of some entertainment of horror. She did a lot of modeling and stuff for like Fangoria and um, the Dark Side Horror magazine and stuff. <clears throat> so. Like she, and she goes to a lot of conventions and she'll go to uh, like haunted houses and stuff or whatever. And just become one with the attraction. Um, yeah. Yeah. And um, she did a, she did a lot of modeling too. A lot of weird modeling as well. Oh yeah. She's super weird. Um, <laughs> she's very strange. She's cool. She's cool. And she's like. And she's still doing like she just did in. She did Dollface in 2015 um, and Killer Rack in 2015. Sure. Um, sure. And others, I'm sure. Dollface sounds familiar. I don't know. I feel like I've seen that somewhere. Um, but, uh, yeah, she's like, um, I feel like if Nev Campbell was, yeah, mainstream sort of the glossy screen queen of the nineties. Debbie Rashawn was like the underworld screen yeah. queen of the nineties. You know, she was like the, uh, more gritty, sassy version of Nev Campbell. Yeah. The very, and it's, you know, Would- looking at her background like it makes sense you know she you know she yeah, had yeah. such a rough childhood basically raised herself got herself to new york city um and, you know and got herself in it a foot in the door in these auditions and you know it makes sense that she'd be like no i want to do like gritty weird underworldy like gory strange shit because you know as much fun as scream is and as much fun as mainstream films are you know that's you know, it's very pristine. It's very well put together. It's very mm-hmm. packaged. Very you slick. Know. Yeah, these yeah. are, you know, what she was doing was stuff that is not going to be comfortable for most viewers um, to watch. So. And that's uh, why we love her. Yeah. You know, I mean, there's there's a whole world out there that we... <laughs> And within horror that we have not really touched upon a lot and um, a lot of people uh, don't don't know is out there yeah. and she's kind of like a flagship in that world. Yeah. Yeah, she um, just even, you know, looking up 
the magazine interviews, the magazine covers she's done, um, even just looking up the uh, synopsis, synopses of the films she does, like you know, and it's interesting because she started out very typical of you know actors. Like she started out as an extra in in um, you know films. She was in a Tennessee Williams play when she was. Um, on Broadway, or I'm not sure if it was ever on Broadway, but when she was doing theater before she got into films, um, you know, and it, it makes me think that she definitely ha always had this kind of um, desire to do weird shit, because it's like you yeah. start out doing what you need to do to get noticed, and then you kind of get to do what you want to do um, after you, like, earn that right, um, and then she literally just did not stop doing that weird shit forever until now. Um, she's put out, like, a movie a year, I feel like since like 1996 it's crazy that's a lot of work yeah i mean if yeah. you and if you look to um if you go on her wikipedia page it's just selected filmography because there's not even enough room for all of it and there's still like 30 things listed wow there. like it's insane she's done so much work and half of it doesn't even that's have crazy. um wikipedia pages for it because it's weird little <laughs> They're too obscure. Yeah. Yeah. That, and that's why I feel like I definitely know, I definitely have not even seen probably half of what she's done because there's so much of it and it's so um, indie and underground. And I pride myself on finding and Trying, watching yeah. a fair amount of indie and underground horror and stuff or whatever. Um, but, I mean... You'd really have to commit, I feel like, if you wanted to, to see her whole resume. To study her filmography. Um, and, you know, obviously a lot of the movies that she makes aren't very good. But that's kind of not the point. And yeah. stuff or, or, um, the point is to see her play these foul-mouthed, awesome, Vixen-y characters. You know, yeah, very Vixen-ish and femme fatale. Like, and, but then, like, I'm going to kick you in the face with my 10-inch heels. While sort wearing my my skull covered um, leather corset and and stuff, but um, yeah, it's interesting yeah. though too. If you so you take her, you take Sarah Michelle Gellar, you take Neve Campbell. It's like Nev, Neve, whatever we're calling her. Um, N dot <laughs> Camp, um, <laughs> you know, and they all, you know, they're all doing, you know, for the most part, vastly different works. Sarah Michelle Gellar and Nev Campbell are kind of doing similar things, but it all, you know has this um you know overarching theme of the 90s were a really weird time for everything <laughs> um you know so weird. you've got all these meta things you've got all these like attempts to satirize you know male you know de-emasculating de men and like their fear of that and you know, you've got the fear of the oncoming millennium happening and, like, what does that mean for society and, like, just chaos now because motives don't matter. It's just, you know, things happen out of chaos and accident. Like, in I know what you did last summer where they accidentally kill a dude and then have to deal with it. And, um, you know, it's just, it, 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 all, it all has a, a similar theme, even if you look at, you know, something like... Um, like Slime City and you're like, that's not at all like Buffy the Vampire Slayer, but... Um, <clears throat> they all like have one thing in common and it's the nineties and you can very much be like, yeah, the nineties, <laughs> the nineties, <laughs> like it was yeah. a time. Um, yeah, it's kind of like taking these two screen Queens that we've mainly been talking about 
being so vastly different, like, like that, not, I feel like that they not only like completely summarize what horror was about in the nineties, they kind of just like summarize what the nineties were about as a yeah. time. <laughs> just weird. <laughs> just odd. What amazing. What a weird time to be alive. Um, yeah, I mean, and I hope we get kind of a weird decade like that again where we've just got weird shit. Um, and I hope we that might be in that decade now. We might be getting into that decade now with what's going on uh, where it seems that um, truth is a little bit unfortunately stranger and scarier than fiction at this point. Um, but yeah, I mean, so. and Debbie Rashawn's still making these weird fucked up films. As you can see, um, I'm sure she will continue to do it until whenever she decides she wants to stop. Or I don't think she, I feel like she's like, you know, even from the grave, she will find a way to like hologram herself. Some weird oh, avant-garde I can see that. Um, thing. Yeah. But um, yeah, and I mean, I think it also says a lot too, just looking, you know, at the, you know, like Sarah Michelle Gellar came from a performance family, I, I think. Nev Campbell obviously had her ties, whatever, but came from the Children of Immigrants. This, you know, Debbie Rashawn was um, an orphan, essentially, most of her childhood, you know. And it's interesting because, you know, as this is Women's History Month, is, you know, people come from all walks of life and pull themselves up by their bootstraps in different ways and make names for themselves in different ways. Um, and managed to do very interesting things. Um in you know and for anyone who's not looking for the clean you know crisp well put together hollywood female character debbie rashawn basically can play that messy un, you know mm -hmm. traditionally unattractive um female who's covered in what have you and dresses a certain way and doesn't care whether she's wearing makeup or not and a bit more i don't know if real is the white right word but yeah. um maybe it's realistic it's certainly very gritty. gritty yeah like and don't get me wrong like you, Grounded, you know yeah. anyone can who can keep their makeup on while they are being chased after by a guy with a hunting knife like i applaud you um but you know you very much see in a lot of these slasher films you know well put together stuff the girl still manages to look however she looks um Whereas, you know, if you get kind of into this horror underground, people don't care how much they're like swimming in bats of blood and right. a dancer and repels down from the silks in the ceiling. Right, yeah. And she runs around, you know, like leather bras and punches like Satan in the face. And Satan stuff. in the face and while she's like doing a strip tee. You know, it's like, it's, it's yeah. like crazy. Like somebody was really high when they wrote it's all like these Like neon films. horror. <laughs> Um, bizarre. Yeah, and it's, it's she was in the theater bizarre. Yeah, and uh, <laughs> and you know if you can handle a bit of gore, a bit of gross, you know it's quite a feast for the eyes to to see this stuff. It's pretty to look at in a yeah. fucked up sort of way. <laughs> the way that uh, only horror can be a, that very specific kind of deadly beautiful she was in a, a great little film called Dahmer versus Gacy I have not seen that um, <laughs> where basically the plot is, is they want to do some DNA splicing to create the ultimate serial killer Sure. by taking DNA from both of them 
and like creating this. But the problem is, is that they escaped from prison and they're like, I don't even know if, are they both still alive? I don't think so. I think they were executed. Um, but they escaped. Both dead. I, they escaped from prison and go on a killing spree, obviously with women in tight shirts and and um, cheerleaders and that sort of thing. And then they have a showdown like um, Freddy versus Jason style that came out in two thousand ten. Oh um, <clears throat> so amazing. You know. Yeah, yeah, and that that I feel like that's. A very very good example yeah. of a typical Debbie, Debbie Rashad. Yeah. and she's she's not really in it. In it, she has kind of a cameo, but it's like they put her in it because it's Debbie Rashawn, and this is a weird, yeah. weird fucking movie, and we need to have her in it. <laughs> um, yeah. like when Craig and I realized halfway through watching Splatter that the Candyman was in it. Yeah, <laughs> but um, I like. I... <laughs> Sometimes I forget that we did that because that was just such a very specific yeah. experience. Yeah. But if you ever want to stretch your imagination and um, kind of look at things outside of the clean formulaic box um, that horror often has, definitely check out Debbie Rashawn's filmography. Any of it. Just close your eyes and, and point to one and watch it. Yeah, it doesn't matter which one. Um, but yeah, those are our... Our 90s Scream Queens. Yeah. Those are our 90s Scream Queens. Um, we're going to be taking a break in our next episode Here from the Scream Queens series to deliver um, what we have promised, some holiday cheer in a um, quick little review of 1993's Leprechaun. <laughs> <laughs> and then um, once uh, after that, we will um, come back to um, the Scream Queen series. Um, we will be taking a look at uh, the 1980s, which um, will be very interesting as that was uh, obviously um, sort of a peak um, yeah. Scream Queen era. Peak Screaming um, and Queening. There's um, uh, a good number to look at, but there's um, really just, um, just a couple obvious ones that we will uh, be talking about. So the 80s uh, will be fun. Yeah, and uh, we will finally get to that which we have alluded to many a times, the great uh, Jamie Lee Curtis. Jamie Lee! Of Jamie course. Lee. Yeah. But we might and, just end up doing a whole episode about her. Too, yeah, no, she might get her own. She might get her own episode. <laughs> really hard to squeeze in anybody else. So it might just yeah. be a Jamie Lee Curtis episode for the And then just the throw 80s. in one or two um, honorable yeah. mentions. Um, which, not right. to say she was the only one. It's just, it, come on. Yeah, we can always give those other ladies their own episodes yeah, in the future. We can. Just for this series, it's... Yeah, this is the, the Scream Queen. Uh, she is the High King of Narnia. The, uh... <laughs> the, uh... Sitting on the Iron Throne, so... Um, mm -hmm. yeah, she might get her own whole episode. We'll yeah. see. We'll see what happens. Um, we'll see. Yeah. yeah. So be looking for those episodes, um, coming... coming soon. And, um... And, uh, yeah. yeah. So, um, and, uh, 
in the meantime, if what? you want to talk to us uh, about any of the stuff we said, if you watched one of Debbie Roshan's thing and you thought, what the fuck, um, <laughs> let us know at splatterchatter669 at gmail.com. Uh, tweet us, splatterchatter666 without the vowels. Um, or just search it. Uh, Craig's blog is splatterchatter666.blogspot.com. Our Tumblr is splatterchatter.tumblr.com. And we are on iTunes and SoundCloud. And I think you can send messages via both of those too if you so desire as well. There are contact buttons on oh, there. Yeah. Um, comments and ratings. Comments that would and be ratings. fun. Yo, don't make me start begging. And emails and tweets. Send them all. Send them all. All the social media in the millennial age. Um, but That's right. Yeah. Yeah. So thanks for listening to the second installment of our Scream Queens series to episode 21. Oh my gosh. Our podcast yeah. is old enough to drink. Yeah. In the United States. Well, we should have done a booze and booze. Oh, oh well. Well, we, uh, <laughs> we'll get back to that one day. We will get back to that. We have, we have plans. Um, Yes. So thanks for listening, guys. We'll see you on our next episode for the, the Leprechaun review. And until that point, we will say au revoir, adios, and das vidanya. <laughs>